Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we'll be exploring some insights and practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in the world today. Yoga is a very familiar word, Sanskrit term, that means really oneness, union, or unity, and beyond its popular usage as exercise, it's really a whole uh, philosophy for living and spiritual realization. The term refers to bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our spiritual nature and to all the practices that support us in being able to do that. It's really knowing our true spiritual nature and living in harmony with it. And um, a big topic that we look at when we look at, you know, the truth of what we are beyond body and mind is we also look at, well, what is the nature of the soul and um, what happens at the end of this life? Um, and that's going to be our topic today, uh, the end of life and grief as a doorway to healing. And we're joined by Reverend Shanti McCartney and Reverend Reverend Dr. Rhonda McKello for a conversation about what the spiritual teachings tell us about the time of transition from the body and how grief itself can be a doorway to healing and to transformation. Uh, Reverend Shanti manages the Compassionate Care Ministry at Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, and she has over 25 years of experience in supporting the ill and dying through end-of-life support. And uh, Dr. Rhonda 
is a general uh, internist at the Palo Alto Medical Clinic and a longtime Kriya Yoga practitioner. She works with elderly patients with chronic and terminal illness. For more information about um, this end-of-life work, you can visit csecenter.org. Welcome, Shanti and Rhonda. I'm so delighted that you're both here today. Thank you. It's wonderful being here. Good morning. Good morning to everybody. Good morning, Shanti. Before we start our dialogue, um, let's take a moment to just have a centering uh, meditation as a beginning. Breathing in, breathing out, becoming aware. In this moment, centered, opening our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, spirit surrounding us, indwelling us, one reality, one absolute, unchanging, unbounded, birthless, deathless reality that is called by many names. We acknowledge that as the support, the substance of all that is. So we know when we pray and when we meditate, we are actually praying and meditating in that. There can be no separation in the one, the one that is omnipresent, the one that is unchanging. So simply breathe in and feel that you are diving in to omnipresence, breathing out, letting go of thoughts of separation, or simply just restlessness or stress. Just breathe it out and breathe in peace, presence, awareness. And for a moment, just be aware of the natural rhythm of your breath. And notice what it's like to just be present in the moment, not trying to go anywhere, be anything, do anything, plan for anything. Just be in this moment, awake and aware, touching the infinite, divine Self, that which you are. And when we pause like this, we connect with that peace that always emanates from the core of our being. Let's invite that peace now to pervade the mental field and the physical body and know that we abide in peace now and throughout the day ahead of us. Shanti and Rhonda, I'm so delighted to be sharing with you this morning and especially um, that we have just had, all of us, the wonderful experience of um, attending uh, 
the Tandy Beals dance troupe performance of Here After Here, this wonderful mm. um, experience of exploring the mystery um, of the end of life. And, um, you know, I, I, I was very delighted as she quoted my one of my favorite quotes from the Vedas from the Mahabharata that, you know, what is the strangest thing about human beings? And uh, the response <laughs> is, the strangest thing about human beings is that everybody dies, and we see it all around us all the time, but nobody thinks that they will. And uh, so, of course, we have a hard time preparing for it. We have a hard time preparing for it because nobody comes back, really, um, <laughs> and tells us, you know, what it was like. Um, and so it is very mysterious. Uh, and yet the spiritual traditions tell us we should, we should really look into this because right at the heart of that um, is a spiritual realization. The great sage Ramana Maharshi said, um, as he was approaching the end of his physical life, he said, they say I am dying, but I'm not going away. Where could I go? I am here. And of course, this is the crux of yoga philosophy, that there is only this uh, with a capital T. There's only one reality. There's no place else to go. Um, uh, the self doesn't change. It's not, it doesn't, it's not born. It doesn't die. And yet we have to deal <laughs> with the life of the body, which, which does die. And, um, it looks like, um, we go somewhere and it looks like those we love go somewhere. And so what we experience then, um, as a response, um, to that, uh, radical change, um, you know, someone's here and then they're not, is is grief. Um, so, Shanti, you've been working with grief now um, f- for for many, many years um, as you have supported people through this time of change. Tell us a little bit about how you see grief and um, how, what triggers it in life. Well, it's... it's- it's actually just a normal internal feeling that we experience in our relax in our reaction to loss and the feeling of a broken connection to someone or something. And uh, you know that reaction uh, of course affects us emotionally, physically and spiritually. And I think that sometimes we forget that all of that is happening at the same time and we're looking for a place to land that we can find some solace in in all of that change. And I think when we think about grief, we often just think about when somebody uh, died or they made their transition. But we actually have a lot of different griefs that if we were to um, be aware of it, actually does prepare us for a lot of the transformations that do happen or all the changes that do happen. So other losses are, you know, loss of our role in society, loss of money, responsibilities, living situations, loss of youth, of pets is a really big one health or mobility, memory, independence. Sometimes we have loss of faith, loss of time, not able to communicate, you know, loss of dreams. So we actually have a lot of losses through life that can actually support us and prepare us for the major transition that we're going to make because we actually do have a lot of experience. Mm, a lot of I mean, experience. Like also, we have a yeah, lot but- of experience that actually can prepare us for that and 
And also, just right now at this moment, I'd just like to say that anybody that's 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 listening, that's grieving, that we are sending our, you know, our love and our support and our prayers as you as you move through this grief journey. Mm. Yeah, and you know, it's true that life is um, full of losses and opportunities to experience what it's like to grieve and to let go. Um, however, the nature of human beings, you know, being what it is, you know, we, we, people tend to um, be sort of ab- absorbed in a kind of forward movement in life, right? And so, um, yeah. you know, it, it's like if there's a loss and then there's, a, there's an immediate kind of um, looking to see, well, how can I fill this rather than really exploring, you know, what that, what that loss is um, about. But then along comes, you know, what has been called the second half of life. And, um, you know, I remember having a conversation with a friend uh, you know, when uh, there started to be more, you know, major losses in life, um, you know, some of the ones that you're mentioning that I experienced with friends and family um, and, and people, you know, transitioning from this realm. And as you get older, you know, you start to see more of that. And, and she, you know, mm-hmm. she quoted me that, you know, like kind of the first half of life is accum- accumulating and the second half of life is, is letting go. And, uh, of course, you know, both those things are there the whole time, but definitely as we get older, um, we begin to um, be prepared in a stronger way um, for, for letting go. Um, and Rhonda, what, what, what do you see with regard to this in terms of, especially of our spiritual practice and how it can prepare us for this letting go? Well, I see, um, I see grief taking many forms in people as they approach their own death and in people uh, dealing with the death of loved ones around them. And um, grief tends to come out of the pain that we feel as human beings when we're attached mm-hmm. to things. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the, the grief can take many forms. It can take the form of, uh, of anger uh, when things are happening that we cannot control. It can take the form of very deep sadness, fear, uh, denial of what's happening, uh, tightening or holding on to something that is slipping away. And I think that the, the spiritual teachings tell us that... Um, that when we're experiencing this, the one of the best things that we can do is simply not to fight it, but to sit with it as it is, um, and to uh, lean into it so that we can um, be informed by what is truly happening to us rather than pushing it away. I think another uh, thing that we can do is to leave the whole um, when there's a loss, there's a hole. And I think there's a human tendency, as you said, Yogacharya, to try to fill that hole um, with, um, to fill that hole with other things. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, there's a quote that's from Goethe that I really like. Um, 
I think, which also informs how we approach grief. And he said, he wrote, it, it is the nature of grace always to fill spaces that have been left empty. Mm. And I think that if we sit and leave the spaces empty and feel what it is we're feeling in the moment, that it is an opening for grace to come into that empty space. Mm, absolutely. That's beautiful. You know, I, I remember in my, you know, my own experience of um, my mother's passing, you know, which um, it, it was graceful for me to be able to have her at home and to be able to be with her, you know, um, as she began to let go of her body. Um, and the experience of grief was, um, and I, my, my experience is as you lean into it, it, you know, it can be painful, um, but it actually is an expanding experience rather than a contracting experience. You know, if you try to fill it, then there's a sense of, of contraction. But if you can be with it, it is actually quite expansive. And I think, you know, that's what happens, that people can't have a hard time tolerating that huge expanse that comes, you know, that that opens the heart, opens the mind, you know, to beyond this physical realm. And that's all actually quite positive, you know, from a spiritual perspective, um, mm-hmm. because you know the person is not gone, and yet you you have to see that with the spiritual eye and, you know, not with the physical eye. I, I'm thinking of a friend who... You know, when she was going through a grieving process, and it wasn't with the death, it was the death of a relationship. And she was telling me about how she felt that grief, you know, as a pain in her chest, in her heart, like a twinge. Mm -hmm. And she said she developed a mantra that whenever she had that feeling, she would say, heart opening. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it was, you know, really a lovely, lovely mantra um, to to develop. Um, Shanti, we have just a minute before we're going to go to the break, but could you just start and we'll finish up, you know, in the second segment here to tell us, um, you know, what maybe something that somebody you have accompanied, you know, making this soul journey, leaving this realm, what, what, what kinds of things do they teach us? Oh boy, that is a big question. They teach us to, you know, be to live life while we have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they teach us to, you know, they, uh, they, oh boy, they they just are so open and real, and they look, they reflect back on their life, and they just have these wonderful stories that tell us, you know, don't waste your time on things that aren't so important. You know, mm-hmm. focus on the, the spiritual nature of who you are. That Focus on what you can take with you. Mm, Not what you have to leave behind necessarily beautiful. in terms of, you know. So what is that? What can you do? And so, I, you know, I, I, the, one of the reasons I love this work so much is because they, because in end of life, people are they are sharing in such an honest way that it helps you to say, now I want to start doing some of that now. I don't want to wait till the end. Mm, <laughs> so I think beautiful. it's a great gift to live. To live, and find joy. 
We're going to take a break now and we come back. Let's talk a little bit more about what we learn from people at that edge. Um, you're listening to the Yoga Hour with guests Reverend Shanti McCartney and the Reverend Dr. Rhonda McKello from CSE's Compassionate Care Ministry. We'll be right back with you. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Reverend Shanti McCartney and Reverend Dr. Rhonda McKello uh, from the Compassionate Care Program at Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. And we're talking about... Um, grief and transitions in life and the big transition from uh, this earth realm. And just before the break, uh, I was asking um, our guests um, in their uh, long time work with people who are um, right there uh, at that transition point between being in this realm and leaving it, what, what kinds of things that you know, that you have seen, that you learn. And, and Shanti, it was a wonderful reminder hearing from you that, you know, one of the things we learn is that it's really important to live now and to think about, um, you know, what's really important, what actually goes with us. And of course, the spiritual teachings and yoga, the scriptures say, you know, the one thing we take with us is our awareness. Um, and that's it. <laughs> and, you know, we can, we can see that, you know, um, 
And there's a, of course, a story about, you know, even, even your family, um, who you is closest to you, they, they actually do not go with you into the grave. (laughs) They, they, they stand around. (laughs) Right. So only your, your awareness is, is what, uh, with you. So Rhonda, what have you learned working, um, with people standing on that precipice? Well, as a, as a medical person, you know, we're trained in our training as doctors to fix things and to cure things. And I think that the journey of accompanying people as they uh, make this journey uh, to, to the end of their lives and beyond has really taught me the nature of what healing is about. And healing is about um, standing with people uh, and occupying the space of knowing that they are whole no matter what their bodies are going through and no matter what is happening to their bodies or their minds. So for me, what I've learned uh, from people making this journey is um, that, that we are whole no matter what happens to the body and that as healers, whether we're doctors or family members or spiritual counselors or ministers, our role, um, and this is what I've learned from my patients, our role is to stand in that space and fearlessly um, acknowledge and live and hold the space that we know their wholeness. And I think that that is what healing is about. I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest lesson that I've learned um, Mm -hmm. in doing this. Uh, and what a breath of fresh air, Rhonda. You know, I think we probably have listeners just saying, I want that doctor, you know, who's going who's gonna to be, be present with me. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, again about my mom's journey when she was, you know, I mean, she was months uh, towards leaving this realm and, you know, beginning to go through her grieving process. And she had, you know, one incident where she was in the hospital and, and her regular doctor who was, he was great. Great. I mean, he was uh, connected with hospice work. He knew what he was doing, but we had, we got a, an on call guy, and he came in, and um, he he was really in that mindset of wanting to fix everything. And he said to me, you know, uh, I'm going to put her on antidepressants, and you know, um, you know, she's depressed. I said, you know, she's dying. <laughs> she's, you know, and it was, but he couldn't he couldn't be present with that, and you know, she was not. Um, particularly unhappy, she was just going through her process. And so I think we do see that from the medical community that wants to fix something that cannot be fixed and should not be fixed. Mm -hmm. And then we also Mm -hmm. see very often from the spiritual community communities, um, the same kind of fix-it consciousness, but it's in a different way, you know. So we find in the scriptures even teachings that say, um, you should not grieve, um, and we find that it's right there in the Bhagavad Gita, in our yoga scripture. You know, Arjuna, who's you know facing his crisis, um, is told by Lord Krishna, you know, knowing the truth, you should not grieve. And so, you know, what are we as practitioners? What are we to make of that um, instruction? 
um, I have wrestled with that for a long time. And, um, you know, we find the same teachings in, in Buddhism, you know, in the Dhammapada, there's a very similar verse where Buddha is saying, you know, don't grieve and don't be angry. And it's like, oh man, I'm doomed. You know, how do I, <laughs> it's like saying, don't, don't be a human being. But, you know, what I have come to recognize in those scriptures, and my interpretation of that is that these emotions are going to arise. As you say, they're a natural response. Mm-hmm. But I think what the spiritual teachings are telling us is don't get caught in that. You know, that is not, yeah. that is not the wholeness of your situation. That is not what you are you know you are beyond your grief you are beyond your anger those will arise but don't let that be what you are you know don't identify with it so how does that gel with what your experience is well i think for me that when we go to that that grief is the doorway to healing if we think of it that way it's because that this is our this is the grief in itself is a chance for divine awakening to i mean we can take fully advantage of the pain that we're feeling uh, at, to transform our life because grief or profound change can be used as a bridge to find our way to our tr- true self something has to get our attention and pain is usually it mm-hmm. so let's let's ride that wave you know ride that wave that takes us to that and the catalyst of our sorrow, what happens? Well, it breaks down our defenses, our illusions of self, our attachment to the body, and the control that the ego has on our hearts and our minds and our personalities. So for me, it's, you know, the true self then has an opportunity to really understand, I mean, the um, false sense of self then has to let go. Let go mm. and let God. Yeah, and, you know, and as I listen... Sort of accept life on life's As I listen well, to you, Shanti, accepting I... accepting life I, on life's terms, yeah. I think that's absolutely true, and it's really um, helpful and perhaps even crucial that people then have a context for it. Um, like you're saying, you know, yes, you know, grief arises, but, you know, learn how to um, be open to it and um, find what's on the other side of it. Um, but, you know, how do people do that, you know, unless they have a context for it? Um, what is your thought about that, Rhonda? Well, you know, going back to what you said about do not grieve, it's still part of our human, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, how we're made as human beings um, to suffer this type of uh, pain. And I think about Yogananda when his mother died um, and Mm -hmm. how he describes his profound grief as a human being. So it, it it is definitely part of who we are, it's very hard to avoid that as long as we're embodied. And what I see that is very comforting to me, and uh, another lesson that I've learned, is that as people uh, are dying, as they get closer to the moment of their physical death, there is a surrender to that process um, that occurs that I think is um, very revealing about what our true nature is. Rarely, uh, I'm a hospice doctor. I'm with people at their bedsides uh, in the days and hours as they approach their death. There is a sense of peace and calm that that, um, emanates from the person as they're approaching that uh, point of death. 
uh, as they come back into the ground of their being, as they approach coming back into union with God, that is um, that emanates a peacefulness. There's there's a natural surrender that occurs, and that when those of us that are witnessing that see that, it brings you know we all say that there's a sacredness in the room of a person who's dying, mm-hmm. and I think that what happens is that calm is that calm and that inner spiritual knowledge that the soul knows what's happening um, and that it's okay uh, is communicated to all the people that are there uh, on the journey with that person. Mm-hmm. Shanti, have you seen that? I have absolutely seen that. And I just have this wonderful story of my own mom. When she was passed, she'd been in a coma for several days. And she, and right towards the end, she opened up her eyes and she looked at me and she said, there's nothing to worry about it's beautiful. And then she died a few hours later. So, you know, if nothing else makes sense to me, I'm going to mm-hmm. leave my mom. <laughs> what a beautiful Absolutely. gift. What a beautiful gift from your mother. Um, let's talk a little bit about how spiritual practice um, can uh, prepare us and can help us move through times of grief. You know, Rhonda, you, you mentioned Paramahansaji's um, profound grief over the loss of his mother and actually experiencing it. Um, and of course, you know, those who have read the story know that then that experience is what um, really opened him to the presence of Divine Mother, <laughs> you know, to that mm-hmm to that which was supporting him beyond the physical mother. And so um, what what do you see in terms of um, spiritual practice that can help us um, learn how to, to let go and make our way through um, the turbulence of loss? Shanti, do you want to begin? Well, um, for me, you know, I think that uh, before I came into this work, I I was really um, just in my own suffering with the suffering because what I realized is I didn't have anything holding me while I was being supporting other people. So uh, I went on my own search and my own journey. And what I found with the teachings for Kriya Yoga for myself was that it that, it, that understanding the consistency of having a, a, a spiritual practice, that it helped to inform me about what we were up to in life, why we were here. So if the soul is eternal and the body and the personality have expiration dates, then it seems to me that I, and you know, that that's an understanding that helped me to uh, how to live my life in a way that I need to have a spiritual practice. And for me, of course, it was pr- uh, prayer and meditation, serving others. And I think the other thing was living currently, you know, living currently in my life, meaning that, you know, do I owe anybody an amends, everybody that I know that I love, do they know that, that these, these kinds of living in the moment and sort of being prepared to die all of any day, mm-hmm. because I have a spiritual practice that informs me how to live my life, that I found great comfort that I could not find in any other way of being supportive of people. I have to do the work myself to be able mm-hmm. to witness other people in their spiritual journey. So mm-hmm. I found this just the, the thing that was really missing for me in being able to be as present as I would like to be when people are making their transition. Mm. So having a spiritual context um, and learning how to be fully present in your life and with yourself 
and being feeling present with others. Rhonda, what would you say about spiritual practice that helps to provide a supportive context for moving through grief, for letting go, for life's big changes? Well, I'm reminded of something that Roy said about the fear of death um, and dealing with grief, and that that arises when we don't understand uh, the continuity of life. And I think that um, our meditation practice is absolutely key because our meditation practice is uh, actually recapitulates the actual um, process of dying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because it mm-hmm. is a, it's a surrender of our smaller self to a larger reality. Um, it is also a turning inward and closing down our our uh, external sense organs and um, coming into the heart of our soul, of who we are. And so this practice of, of, of doing this over and over and over again uh, is a practice for death. Uh, and, it's, it, and it brings great comfort because we have a sense of the inner reality of which we are all a part that does not change, no matter what the circumstances are. So I think that that's. I think that that is, is a, in terms of our spiritual practice, that's the key. Um, uh, so I think there are other things in our teachings of Kriya Yoga that also very much uh, help us in dealing with grief and in uh, preparing for death. And one is selfless service, and the other one mm-hmm. is, as as Shanti, as you said, contentment. And gratitude in the present moment, finding the joy um, and the gift in, in each present moment and living in contentment. Mm. Well, that's beautiful. And, you know, as you were talking around about meditation, I was thinking about the Christian scripture um, and um, uh, St. Paul saying, you know, I die daily. Um, Mm-hmm. The myst- you know, the mystical experience of dying to um, or letting go of the identification with body and mind, you know, which, of course, uh, yoga is the science of self-realization, you know, of how to do that, how to actually um, detach from identification with the mind and body and learn how to live in the soul, uh, really, learn how to do that every day. And, I, you know, thinking of, of, of my guru, Roy Eugene Davis, too, Rhonda, I'm thinking how, you know, there's some scriptures that say, you know, you, you may um, uh, awaken as you, as you leave the body, you know, and he, he said, you know, don't count on that. You know, that's cutting it way too close. <laughs> So, so, you know, you want to, you want to prepare, um, by the way that you live every day, you know, learning how, Mm -hmm. um, to be awake and aware, you know, while you are here, there's a beautiful, um, poem by Kabir that I think I'll close this segment with. Um, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about, um, how to, be free of fear. But here's a poem by Kabir, um, a version by Robert Bly. Friend, 
hope for the guest. This is a capital G guest, the, the divine one. Hope for the guest while you are alive. Jump into experience while you are alive. Think and think while you are alive. What you call salvation belongs to the time before death. If you don't break your ropes while you're alive, do you think the ghosts will do it after? The idea that the soul will join with the ecstatic just because the body is rotten, well, that is all fantasy. What is found now is found then. What is found now is found then. If you find nothing now, you will simply end up with an apartment in the city of death. If you make love with the divine now, in the next life, you will have the face of satisfied desire. <laughs> so this is a lovely reminder of, it's, it's, it's just like coming back to what um, Ramana Maharshi said, where can I go? I am here. And so we are still going to be here during the break, but we will be right back with you. with childlike wonder what is the nature of god who is jesus what is the christ how do we know what we know when you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical intangible aspects of life you are on some level a student of metaphysics new from unity house and nearly five years in the making heart-centered metaphysics a deeper look at unity teachings is now available this is paul hasselbeck author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on shop. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They share Unity's classic teachings. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings. Follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine these foundational teachings through the works of Unity authors past and present. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings, only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at Unity Online Radio.org. And we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. 
Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Reverend Shanti McCartney and Reverend Dr. Rhonda McKello from the uh, Center for Spiritual Enlightenment's Compassionate Care Ministry that works with people uh, going through uh, life changes, uh, grief, and uh, the time of death and dying. Um, so much is learned at that time. And so let's start off this last segment, Shanti, talking a little bit about how, how do you help people, um, you know, who are in the midst of this grief and letting go, whether it's from a big change in life or from actual um, getting ready to make the transition. You know, it seems to me that grief comes, you know, like a big ocean wave. And so how do you teach people to surf? Well, I think there's there's a lot of things, of course, and uh, but the main I think one of the things is for people just to be really gentle with themselves. You know that it does take time, and it seems to be really useful if they can acknowledge the loss and that they can talk about how it's affected them, how it's changed them, how it's altered their reality, how it impacts their daily life, and to share it with a friend or a family member and a clergy. You know, sometimes getting grief support. There's wonderful grief groups in our valley. I think one of the other things is to be mindful of your self-care, you know, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. What are you doing in those areas to be supportive of yourself? And one of the things that always seems to be so useful, if it happens to be the loss of a person anyway, is to really explore your gratitude for that person in your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how how, how did they positively contribute to your life? How did they make a difference? How did they touch your heart? What do you appreciate about them? And how did how did you... How did you grow because you knew them? And uh, these questions, I think, can be very useful in being grateful for the experience of whoever that person, place, or thing was. And then I, I, for what I've seen that's so useful is having a spiritual practice, a practice that is the container that supports you through the loss because it builds a foundation for you to work from to adjust to your new normal, whatever that is now without that particular, with that particular change in your life. You know, for mm-hmm. me, of course, it's prayer and meditation, being of service and surrendering to God and, and you know, letting your community, whatever your spiritual community is, letting them th- support you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nourishment that comes from being with your community who understands or supports or uh, what you're going through because they mm-hmm. have similar practice. They could remind you when you sometimes forget. Yeah, I, I think all of those are so, those are such important pieces. And you know, one of the questions that comes to me, um, that I want to ask both of you is because I've just been, this interests me, you know, like, how do you walk that line, you know, when, um, someone is going through profound grief where you, you really want to be, you know, to lift them up spiritually with what is true and what you know is true. Um, and there is that fine line where spiritual platitudes at a time of grief and intense change are just horrible. You know, people feel horrible when somebody says to them, oh, you know, well, it's all for the best, you know, or, you know, so-and-so is, you know, with God now. You know, I, I mean, I know people have told me that they just recall oil from those kinds of statements mm-hmm. um and so you know Rhonda, how do you walk that line you know with holding up the highest truth and but making sure that you're not giving people platitudes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think the first part of it is, as shanti beautifully 
said, is to explore it with them, is to be a listener and to be curious and to ask them what they're experiencing. Um, to not assume anything and to not try to paste a fix on it, but rather mm-hmm. to um, to sit with them and ask them to tell you of the story. Uh, what I uh, do with people is ask them to tell me the story of the death. And it's very healing for people to say it, tell it over and over and over again. Uh, I had a patient once who said to, who said to me as she was dying, uh, as she was approaching her death, um, it's there, it's like a wall, I don't know how to get through it. So I sat with her and asked her to tell me about the texture of the wall. What does it feel like? What does it look like? Um, I think it's important to come to people not with the answers, but with loving curiosity to hold what their experience is. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other part of that is to to help explore uh, how they can connect with whatever it is that gives their life meaning. So we're with people who uh, maybe are not on the same spiritual path that we are, but as human beings, we are wired to be connected to something greater than ourselves. And so part of what I do is to try to explore with people when they're suffering um, or fearful or in grief, um, what is it that, um, where is it that you find your transcendence? Oh, you know, what is it in your life? Is it, um, for some people, it's service. For some people, it's creativity and creating um, for some people, it's connection to family and their legacy. And then sitting with them in that place where they find transcendence um, and helping them to um, remember, as we say in our, in our spiritual tradition, to remember what is true and what is lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just some, some thoughts I have on that. That's beautiful. And I, and I think, you know, and also, of course, knowing both of you and, uh, you know, and, and watching you work and hearing about your work, um, what I know is that it's very often not so much uh, what is said, but the presence mm-hmm. that is there. And so yeah. for somebody doing this work or for another individual who is simply, you know, being with a friend or a family member, um, you know, your own depth of spiritual practice makes all the difference. Your own depth of spiritual knowing, um, because, because we are not separate, because there is that shared reality, you know, that which we are, that, that higher truth of our being, that when we can bring conscious awareness of that into a situation, um, it, it lifts everything. It lifts, um, it lifts mm-hmm. everyone and it, and it doesn't have to be a word, you know, and uh, it doesn't have to be one of those platitudes. It's a presence and, you know, that's, that's the mm-hmm. most, um, you know, profound, um, teaching that I think we can bring. You know, you can walk into a hospital room where a family is just filled with, you know, despair and confusion and denial and, you know, if if you have a strong root, a strong spiritual practice, strong knowing, you can bring that into the room. And uh, mm-hmm. very often, you know, that will have a very positive uh, effect, don't you think? Have you mm-hmm. seen that? Yeah. I have definitely um, seen that. I've seen, I've seen chaos and family arguing and 
you know, just in a lot of stress, and you come and you're just that sort of, you know that peace exists, and you just hold that space. And, be, and it's amazing. I, I, it always amazes me. I don't know why, but it always amazes me. It actually works. <laughs> People calm down when you're... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, Pete Han has a great metaphor, and he talked about the um, boat people that were fleeing from Vietnam, and in these small boats there was complete chaos. And I see this story as a metaphor. There was complete chaos mm-hmm. in these boats as people were fleeing Vietnam. And what he said was all it took was one calm person who was who just held the space of calmness and of um, being present mm. to bring uh, peace and to remove the fear from everyone in the boat on the journey mm. and that is so true and that's what we see but of course to be able to do that um it takes a daily practice otherwise um it's too easy to get you know swept away in in the currents (laughs) if we keep that metaphor you know the currents of change and challenge and um we're going to close in 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 just a a few minutes here and Rhonda, i i just want to touch on you know your knowledge of how you help people um deal with fear you know as it comes close to the end of life Well, what I've seen, uh, and this is a big teacher, is I, the, the people who do not have fear of death, and I was thinking about what they have in common. And um, I think there, there are two, three things that I see in them that I try to cultivate or bring to the experience of people when they're dying. And one is that those people who do not fear death have a faith. They have a faith. If it's not in God, they have a faith in the benign nature of life. And I think sitting and holding that space for people is very helpful. Um, The other thing is gratitude. Um, I think that gratitude Mm -hmm. for life, for one's legacy, for the blessings of one's life, really helps to cut through the fear at the end of life. And I've seen this in patients Mm -hmm. over and over. And, um, And then a reassurance to people, a deep reassurance, is that those people who, uh, I've had patients tell me about near-death experiences, and every mm-hmm. patient who's told me that they have gone to the other side and come back are completely without fear. And mm-hmm. I think that it, it's because our bodies and our souls know how to do it. It is a natural <laughs> process. Um, and right. there is deep right. ingrained knowledge from many, many times having done it. And um, that that reassuring people that that their bodies and their souls know what to do. Oh, that's beautiful. And that that higher intelligence is actually guiding the process. You know, I I think of that, you know, Rumi poem, like, you know, okay, whatever got me here is going to have to take me home. And, uh, (laughs) you know, we, we get to, we get to see that at work and, you know, it's, it's helpful to be able to have a spiritual practice that gives us that bigger context for our life that shows us how to, um, awaken in this lifetime to know the truth of what we are and ideally then to be able to make a conscious 
transition from the body. That's the goal that yogis have, um, mm-hmm. to be able to make, yep. uh, to live consciously and to make a conscious transition from the body. Thank you so much, Reverend Shanti McCartney and Reverend Dr. Rhonda McKello for joining us on the Yoga Hour today for a very rich conversation. You can find out more about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, Compassionate Care Ministry, and Sacred Caregiving Training. So you are um, sharing this work with others through your trainings and you can find out about that at csecenter.org. And there's also an archive um, from uh, January 27, 2011 called Last Hour Yoga, Wisdom and Compassion During Grief, Loss, and Transition, again with these two marvelous teachers. Uh, and I'd like to invite our listeners to uh, join me next week. Uh, I'll be... Uh, talking with um, Pravrajika uh, Brahmaprana, a nun of the Vedanta Society of Southern California, about uh, courageous living. So I look forward to being with you then. Remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour through iTunes if you're not doing that already. And I'll look forward to being with you next week. Until then, let your inner light shine radiantly into the world and share your peace and your joy, your presence with everyone that you meet. Thanks again, Shanti and Rhonda. It was a delight this morning. Thank Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Mayhem to Miracle, from Disaster to Divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Rev. Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. 
and after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 